Welcome, wrestling fans, to a bout of epic proportions. It's time to strap on your boots, throw that title over your shoulder, and stumble to the middle of the ring for a double choke slam from the Brothers of Discussion. In the far corner, the older, the wiser, the funnier, Mike Clang and Bang Clang. In the other corner, the younger, the quicker, the prettier, Matt, thumping and pumping, clang! Hi everybody, welcome to episode, which episode is it? 59 of Brothers of Discussion. There will be 59 entrants in the Royal Rumble. (laughs) Guarantee this will be the most listened to episode of the Brothers of Discussion. Uh, why is that? Well, it's because, Mike, the WWE gave us nothing to work with this week. And as our our hardcore fans know, we go top to bottom. Every match, every promo, every story that goes on during the week that you already spent seven hours watching. We give Yay. you another hour and a half to go through... And uh, recall what happened, but not this week, not today. Today, today we're gonna talk WWE shop. <laughs> Go to what a shop.wwe.com to check out t-shirts, yeah, sweatshirts, yeah. customized hats, everything. Oh, we're just kidding. Um, today we're gonna talk, and and we'll get to this. So this is your teaser for the second half of the episode. Today we're gonna talk. WWE and NXT champions, our top 10 champions of 2018. And we're going to start off that conversation with our worst champions. So who hurt the belts? Uh, But that's coming Mm. on second half of the episode. We're going to give you guys our top 10 list of the 2018 champions. champions. Not just the champions. We're just gonna list off the 2018 champions. That's all we're gonna do. We're just gonna we're gonna name them. top to bottom in alphabetical order, starting with yes AJ Styles. Oh wait, yeah no Adam Cole. <laughs> A D. Well it's it's A dot so AJ okay. is still yeah first. okay so AJ would be first. okay good call yes just kidding uh but that first name A middle name J last name Styles. <laughs> Stick around a second half of the episode to hear uh, both of us have our individual top tens, but we'll get into that. First of all, we have to talk. But first, Turkey. one of the most highly anticipated NXT episodes. Arguably the biggest match in NXT history, <laughs> Especially for the brothers of discussion, we could not have been more excited. And I did say that correctly, everybody. Just so you know, you know don't ever say... Sami Zayn, Nakamura... You know, Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, those are nothing compared to the tag team title match we got tonight, Dickie. Heavy Machinery versus the Undisputed Era. Mike, I I dubbed it as the six-month streak that came out of nowhere versus the tag team champions. So there were two things on the line tonight. And the bookers of this match uh, let us know 
how highly they they feel uh, they need to push heavy machinery as they make their way to the main roster. And we know it wasn't Matt, shaped tonight. Matt, 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 hot, hot tag push. The crowd, the listening audience, they know what happened tonight. All right, that was heavy machinery versus undisputed era. Matt, hot tag. Which NXT tag team do we love the most? Uh, I I would say these are, are probably in our top five both of these guys but we love heavy machinery all right did they put on a good match tonight not especially oh <laughs> yeah matt ask me the same question mike as your favorite tag team heavy machinery yeah. they put on a great show for you and defending their no. six-month streak the streak's over techie <laughs> <laughs> And of course, we're not, you know, we're not a couple of doofuses here. We're not talking because they lost that they didn't put on a good showing. We're talking the athletic showing in the ring, the moveset, um, how boring was it? Uh, the chemistry with their opponents, like their ability to sell and make the other team look good. Yeah. And, you know, their ability to make their offense look good and like seamless transitions. Uh, Roderick Strong and Kyle O'Reilly put on a clinic tonight on what a what a A plus tech team looks like. Uh, heavy Machinery they they got some work to do now, Scooby Doo. Um, they're not they're not quite there. Um, they're not as crisp in the transitions. Um, right. They're you know they you know they're contemporaries on NXT, which is going to be short lived now that they're getting the call up were the War Raiders. And I do think the Heavy Machinery had more interesting power moves. Um, like the Compactor is is a beautiful finishing move. It's got a great name. It looks good. Um, you know, you got, you got, you got Doze doing the Caterpillar, which is, you know, it's a 300-pound man doing a, you know, the Worm. Yeah. Um, no, I... And Tucky actually, actually has a little bit of mat wrestling ability. But... For some reason, this match just didn't click. And even when they came out, you know, they're supposed to get the heroes welcome. Uh, Morrow was selling the Enfuego that this crowd is under. And they... Sometimes WWE does a good time manipulating the crowd sound. And this was one of the most poorly produced episodes of NXT I've ever seen. Uh, oh yeah, it was a smattering of stakes and weights. I mean, um, it's never a good thing when you can like count the individual voices that are chanting it. You know, yeah. like it should just sound like an entire crowd. And you got to think, with all the overproduction they do, if any show goes, you know, make if any match makes its way over to Hulu, well, well this is pre-recorded and, and weeks in advance. How is how did yeah. we not take the time to make this at least sound good for a tag team getting pushed up? Now. Obviously, the main problem here is that a lot of people are, are ignoring what we have here in Heavy Machinery. Um, but, uh, you know, what's worse here? Uh, hot tag. Is it is it worse, Mike, that the fans, uh, as I guess as I'm putting it, aren't, aren't recognizing the potential here for Heavy Machinery? Is that worse? Or is it worse that Heavy Machinery was in a main event match for the tag team titles... And they were booked to use their most boring moveset and look like they were a fresh tag team. You know, maybe a two-year-old tag... Or, uh, you know, going back two years of how they looked in their first match in NXT. What's worse? 
So ba- basically, I, who's more at fault, the fans or the WWE? Well, like the fans usually can make you know an average match turn into a good match, yeah. or a good match turn into a great match, you know, and so on. Um, I think the the fans are not really to blame here because I I don't think as much as we love heavy machinery, we just love them. We love their characters, but I don't think that the the, the writing team has really painted the picture of them being a, a credible opponent. Right. Like, it, it had the same level of, like, championship interest as, you know, if Mustafa Ali actually got a, a WWE championship match against Daniel Bryan. Like, he, you know, he's had one or two matches, but he hasn't, he doesn't have uh, the resume to be a credible opponent. Like, he's actually going to go over yeah, and I think um, I think that's that's a good point because they they it goes back to the booking of this match and if you want people to to get out of their chairs, you know, when uh, Mustafa Ali does eventually face Daniel Bryan, uh, if you want them to, you're going to have to book that match to make it look like Mustafa Mustafa is getting in the hits and is and is putting a pounding down on Daniel and like he actually has a chance. And that, I mean, it goes it goes back to why was Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Bryan so much fun? I think deep down we all started, you know, we all went into that match going, well, obviously Brock is winning this. They're not going to ruin yeah. his, you know, <laughs> his uncanny ability to only lose to Roman Reigns. Um, you know, it's just, you go into it with that. But if you could create uh, or book the match in a way that you, you can, you could, you could make anybody credible in any match. It just depends on the way you book it. You had uh, Jackson Riker versus Mitch uh, Taverna today, and I, you know, kind of shut down because I was, you know, thinking to myself, this is a squash match, this is enhancement talent, and I also don't think Jackson Riker is an interesting character, so what the hell am I going to watch this for? Um, and uh, lo and behold, enhancement talent gets squashed, uh, and you've got Jackson Riker standing tall at the end of it, giving us crazy eyes into the hard cam. But <laughs> I just don't. I don't know if this was a. This wasn't really a great situation for for heavy machinery. Like, <clears throat> not only were you know they they haven't really been treated as credible championship contenders ever. Right. Um, yeah. And the other thing too is like the the in ring styles definitely clash. Where you know heavy machinery is kind of goofy. You know you got Otis. Uh, uh, you know cat calling you the entire match. Um, you know, their moves a compactor. They come out with, uh, you know, construction worker music. Um, you know, Otis does the, the, the Caterpillar. I don't think that that is an NXT tag team title holder, uh, like, style. Like, to, to be a champion. I think it could work on Raw or SmackDown where it's, you know, a bigger audience. And if you can get, you know... 15,000 people to, you know, get along with stakes and weights or, you know, get behind these guys, you know, having a good time in the ring. I think they have a better chance up there, but NXT, it, it definitely seems like it's a place where the workers are rewarded a little more. You know? Yeah. Uh, so, like, even though Heavy Machinery outweighed Undisputed Era probably by, you know, at least 100 pounds, right. probably 200 right. pounds, um, Undisputed Era's offense still looked more punishing like those Roddy slaps uh Kyle's knees uh Kyle going for the um dragon screws uh Kyle doing the ankle locks uh Roddy doing that incredible uh back body drop onto Tucky that I thought he got hurt 
Um, it was one of the big spots kind of early in the match that turned the tide for Undisputed yeah. Era. Um, and, you know, Heavy Machinery got to hit a couple other spots, and Tucky did a little bit of match wrestling, like um, uh, showing a little bit of technique, you know, with uh, some arm bars and stuff like that. But if you're going to go power, you gotta you got to be a little vicious if it's, you know, for gold. And I, I don't think that they allowed those characters to really do that in this match. I still think Undisputed Era, it was their style of match. And then you have, you know, two guys who typically act like clowns, and so the crowd was not really sure how to react yeah it, de- it definitely like uh to go back to my original point of of the the bookers not really given uh, heavy machinery you know they're not really throwing them a bone here um they weren't able to show off you know their their style that i think will make them more successful and they lose and there was nothing done to make them look more credible in the future by having, I don't know, maybe Undisputed Era cheat to win. Uh, not unheard of, but it's just not in the cards, I guess, for Heavy Machinery. They, for the sake of NXT and their standing there, they will be a mid-card, which is funny because you don't usually see that too often in NXT, but they're a mid-card NXT tag team. And uh, I, that'll that'll be how it goes down because they're getting the call up. We don't know exactly when, maybe even closer to the rumble. But uh, yeah, again, just to, just to reinforce that fact that you've got the power. So this, you know, it's it's not to say are we shocked that this happened? Uh, because we can talk about that. I I think it's just the message being sent. Whether or not they, you know, did it deliberately. Or it is what I probably think happened is just the accidental message is this is not an important tag team to uh, either WWE or the bookers at NXT. Yeah. Yeah, something's going to have to change for them to win gold. Right. Um, so they got to they got to they got to go that extra gear, which, you know, they were already rushed into what was basically a, a 10 minute match. Um, yeah, I was looking at the timing of this episode. It was about an hour. Um, and the women batted lead off. You got the, um, you know, kind of a, kind of a buffer in the middle with the, uh, Forgotten Sons match. But you can't, you can't treat these guys like clowns all year and then, you know, give them a short match and then expect the crowd to get behind them. So there's, there's a lot of blame to go around. Um, but we're not going to really get a second draft because it's, you know, their NXT time is over. So, um, Matt, the other big yeah. match of NXT, the fatal four-way. Um, you know, yep, we were trying to figure out who was going to fight Shayna Baszler at the next uh, Takeover event, and you had Mia Yim, you had Io Shirai, you had Lacey Evans, and you had the EST of NXT, Bianca Belair. Can I hot tag Matt? real quick? Absolutely. Out of these four ladies, um. How how many of them are you thoroughly impressed with? Two. Okay, that's one number higher than I thought. Uh, but give me your two. Uh, Io and Bianca. Okay. Yeah, this was this was kind of a showcase for the four women that they're you know kind of pushing outside of Shayna, um, and you know and obviously Kyrie. Uh, yeah. I don't know if. She kind of floats around, and I, I think she just got a big boo-boo. Um, but Dakota Kai also, who is probably the best worker outside of Shayna. Um, 
as far as the NXT women go. But right. Matt, did you feel this match was kind of a letdown? Yeah, I, I, I think um, the way I opened up our conversation, too, about this being... Uh, I actually never even got this out, but what I wanted to say was this was the most anticipated episode for the Brothers of Discussion in regards to NXT. We were stoked about this. We did we did a yeah. bunch of free advertising for the WWE in the past week. <clears throat> so, I, And that was the point I was going to make. And this was kind of... This episode was kind of a downer. Uh, going into the new year, I, I'd have to say this is... You know, you've, you've got a title match. You've got a number one contenders match. And I think taking that into consideration, we're not saying this is the worst episode of NXT. I'm saying this is easily the most disappointing episode of NXT. And... You know, I'll, I'll go back to uh, the question I asked you. I put EO on that list, and I I don't know. I, I, I look at Bianca, and I, I see the way that she won that match. I, I'm i ringing for the bell if I'm the ref, if we're going to play kayfabe here. I don't know what the hell's going on with that hair. Um, I've actually... That's been my problem with her character since she's come onto the scene, is I... I looked at it as, uh, you know, a nuisance, of, if anything, especially for her, because it gets in the way. Um, but it, if we're not talking that, it's, you know, it's it's a liability in the ring. Is It just seems it just seems like it could become pro- become a problem. And now it's, it's a weapon. And I don't know who gets hurt by having hair whipped at you. Um, and I, I told you before we started recording, I said... Uh, the only way you could make an argument to me that that hurts is if she's got it loaded. Thusly, making that a disqualification in my eyes and in my heart. Um, so I don't, I don't get it. Um, I mean, Hulk Hogan used to take his belt off and slap people around, and you know, yeah, that was no fine. DQ. So Hulk Hogan. If, if it's attached, all the way. if it's attached to you, it's just an extra limb. So I think this is okay. <laughs> um, my problem is there were multiple incidents. You know, this is how these matches get booked. Uh, fatal four-ways, triple threats. There's still one-on-one matches, but there's just somebody who's, you know, beat up or they're, you know, hanging out outside the yeah. ring. Uh, so Lacey Evans kind of started lead off with that. Just kind of, it looked like she was getting ready for a tag match. Um, and then there were instances where, you, you know, you dump one of, the girl, one of your opponents out and so the other two will tussle in the ring for a bit. But... Man, as as far as looking just green and stiff, uh, not in a good way. Um, like Lacey Evans and Mia Yim just totally looked lost out there. Uh, there were multiple instances where they were. I think Morrow commented on how they were. Oh, all four ladies are in the supine position, <laughs> and it was like they were all just laying down, trying to like. All right, what's the next spot? I don't know. Um. <laughs> Like, the only one who was really selling anything for anybody was EO. Yeah. Because um, Bianca's still got to look like a badass. So she... You could kind of make the argument that, you know, she shouldn't be, you know, being a being an easy opponent right. for the other women in the match. But, I mean, Lace, Lacey and Mia just... Uh, like, the, like, the kicks looked extra soft. Um, there were a few instances where... It was when the faces were double teaming whatever heel was left in the ring. And Lacey was like, you know, uh, racked up in the corner. Uh, Mia Yim would run up and kind of air kick Lacey. And then Io would run in and, you know, spear her. And it, you know, that looks painful. But Mia just looked 
I don't know, like a midair yoga position, yeah. and it's just kind of kind of grazing her opponent. It it just looks so ginger, you know. It it reminds me. Remember that week where I think it was right before was it WrestleMania or SummerSlam where nobody was hitting each other. Uh, you remember yeah, that? it was. You don't want anybody to get hurt. Week. Yeah, it looked like it looked like they were blatantly trying to avoid injury. Like there were no spots. It was just kind of some open hand palm strikes, and then the match was over. Um, Matt, I wanted so much to like this match. It, it it really just made me see how Io should have been the one to go over, but they just did Shayna versus Kyrie, and they you know look similar, so it'd be the same storyline. You know, I'm glad they're going to the Bianca Belair uh, route. Um, because she might be the one taking over for Shayna, because she's, you know, also physically imposing, and she's, you know, less clunky than a, than a Lacey or a, uh, you know, a Mia. Um, she's not petite like Candice. Um, yeah. I, I, I will I, say, what I would love in that match is if Bianca does use her hair, and Shayna just, like, it hits her shoulder or something, and she just wipes it out. Like, what, what are you doing? Like, I just want to see her... With that, you know, I, I want to see a fully furrowed brow just staring down Bianca when she gets slapped in the face with her hair, and I just wanted to have her go nuts <laughs> and destroy her. I, I would love to see that. I, I just, you know, no, that's already what I'm coming to in, in regards to to what I what I hope for in in Shayna's next title defense because I, I didn't see enough from these four ladies to think that there's enough talent in there to hold. To take the title from Shayna, you know, is there enough talent to say this is believable? Is there enough talent to say that Shayna can afford to lose the title to these four ladies? Um, you know, EO, EO, obviously. I mean, this isn't her first rodeo. Um, but I don't know. I asked you at the beginning in my hot tech question. I, I still put it to that. If I had to say any of these ladies would be good enough to hold the title, it's still, to me, just it's just EO. Um, nope. I see that... Uh, yeah. The moonsault she did, and it's so funny because it looks like she's getting, like, no air. It looks like she's just propelling herself forward off the top rope. And she still <laughs> lands it perfectly. And you know, yeah. like, to, to what, what that says to me, and we always talk about how important it is. And, and you talked about Roddy and Kyle looking crisp, looking, you know, uh, cohesive is, is another great word. But, you, you know, think about how much she's practicing in the ring. To get that down perfectly, to where she knows she's not going to go flying in the air, like we see. Um, I don't. You could even put Kyrie on that list. Um, but there's, you know, there's so many guys on 205 Live that do those high flying moves, and they're doing so many flips. But she's got hers timed down perfectly because she knows exactly who she is, and you could tell that by by the the lack of air that she gets underneath that moonsault. And it's just, it's I to me. That says effort, and that's always for me top, you know, top, top on my list of priorities. If I know you're putting in the effort, that's it right there. Uh, clumsiness to me is just says there's not enough effort going in, or you know, maybe it's not enough years, but uh, maybe that's not a bad thing. I don't know, like Matt, we've this is 20 minutes in, and all we've done is complain about NXT. And, it's yeah, a real this is the first time we've ever done this. Yeah. All we ever do is, uh, like, uh, you know, praise him. When I mentioned the like the production value yeah. too, so there were instances where they didn't know how to book the women, and they were all just laying on their backs. Uh, they, you know, there were instances where they just were kind of looking at each other, like, uh, mm -hmm. 
um, the other thing, uh, if you watch the entire um, uh, striker match from the Forgotten Sons, the last five minutes of that match, no commentary. All you heard was the crowd and whatever was happening in the ring. There was no Morrow, no Byron, no Nigel, nothing. Nice. It was five minutes of silence. It was the weirdest thing. Everybody must have graduated at full sale. And they're, uh, <laughs> they're on their way out the door. Go, the going, thing to, too uh, is there's... going to the WWE headquarters to take over SmackDown yeah. and Raw. There was uh, the other thing in the Heavy Machinery match with Undisputed yeah. Era. Um, heavy Machinery was still doing their entrance, and you could hear Shock the System in the background. And Tucky looked up, like, up the ramp to see, oh, are we done? <laughs> and then they shut off the Undisputed Era and let Heavy Machinery's music keep blasting. Yeah, it's it, just... It was a clunky-ass episode of yeah, NXT. I don't know what the hell happened. And, and I, you know, I, I might... Uh, I just came up with that off the top of my head. I might be right. We might be looking at a situation where this is the day after Christmas. Maybe they're expecting to be able to get away with it. I know I've mailed in a couple of our episodes where I'm just like, ah, nobody listens anyway. I'm saying Yeah, there must have been out. a lot of interns working or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wish we had interns. Um... Another, but there was two quick cool yeah. things. Yeah, I think you're about yep. to jump into. Go one. for it. No, uh, well, you know, my other favorite outside Jackson of heavy Riker. machinery. Yeah, uh, Velveteen Dream. He got to cut another cool promo, uh, promising a big, you know, 2019, and then he was name dropping all the legends who've been, you know, uh, given the rub to Velveteen. Uh, you know, he had HBK, Triple H, Cena, Kurt Angle. And recently reenacted into the Hall of Fame, Hulk Hogan. Also oh, uh, showing a little appreciation for Velveteen yeah. Dream. I know! Um, and Dream still gets to do that cool little exit from his promos where he throws his hand up, does a snap, and then he poofs. I don't know. He he go. He, he, he <laughs> yeah, um, nothing um, wrong with that one for me. I, I uh, you know... I think you're gonna touch on the yeah, other. Yeah, cool I, I thought the Tommaso Ciampa calling out Gargano to uh, to challenge Ricochet for the North American Championship, that was awesome. I just like that's the yeah. type of thing where my head starts trying to crunch the numbers, and I'm like, all right, so he wins at Royal Rumble. Now he's got the North American <laughs> Champion. Are we about to crown Johnny Gargano as the like he'll be the North American Champion and the NXT Champion? Is that what's about to happen? And if he doesn't win the North American Championship at the Royal Rumble, how is Ciampa not coming out to help him win? Because we can both almost guarantee that Gargano's helping Ciampa beat Aleister Black. It's all... It's just... It's its turning into this, this cluster now where... Last week we were complaining about we don't want things to be too predictable. Even with Ciampa and Gargano, like... This is what we want. Like we do want this to be our NXT WrestleMania takeover main event. Gargano and Champa ending the feud once and for all. But with this little yeah. nugget being thrown in there and Champa giving the rub to Gargano to go get that North American title, we've got to find time for him to win that title, defend the title, and uh still get in that match with Tommaso Champa. If if we were off if we were off base we might be waiting till nxt chicago which would be money in the bank where they're finally going to clash once and for all 
because if he's winning that North American Championship, and I know we don't want to go too deep into fantasy booking, but that just throws – I mean, that's it right there. That's throwing the wrench right in there. I, I don't know – and that's good. That's what I want. I want it to be unpredictable. And that's that's what I loved when I'm watching that promo. I, you know, I'd have to admit I'm only half listening to Champa because it's like such a good idea. I got to figure out how that's actually gonna work. And <laughs> I just I I loved that promo so much. And if you know if there's one thing I can't wait for Velveteen Dream to do is to actually have a goddamn feud that matters because then he can have what Tommaso Champa was able to do today which has used his incredible talent to be the greatest sports entertainer of all time and then have it tie into a, a storyline we care about. And, and Velveteen Dream is just getting us more, you know, we're just, we're, we're buying into this character. We already bought in, so we don't need these promos anymore. We need to test Velveteen. We need to give him a real, I guess, no, he had that test with, with, with uh, going, you know, going for the title. And I, I, I thought that was great. And, I don't know. I, I'm so excited. That's that's the whole point. It was it was Champa got me excited. Uh, I'm excited for Velveteen because I, I think I think he's letting us know that uh, the main event uh, call up is coming. Which I when we talked last week about all of the fears we have for everybody getting called up. Yeah. I don't have any fear for Velveteen Dream. I think they love the fact that he's going to be homegrown like Roman Reigns was and that the fans love him. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's yep. both the promo conversations mixed into one, but um, I don't, I, you know, I'm going to stop talking. Mike, what, how do you feel about all of this? About Velveteen and, and Champa giving the rub to Gargano? Yeah. Uh, it's definitely going to be wide open as far as possibilities go. Um, I think it, as far as you know, you talking about who's going to interfere, maybe Gargano to help Champa or Champa to help Gargano. I think that that is going to happen on Royal Rumble weekend uh, at the Takeover event, but only one party is going to actually help the other one, and the other guy's just going to kind of screw over his his buddy after he wins his gold, um, just so we could set up a real feud with them because you don't want to have them both go out on top and then gargano's busy with the north american and champa's busy doing his thing because uh to my to forgive uh, you know if i'm wrong you know correct me that's the last takeover event before mania is royal rumble weekend correct uh correct yeah so um <clears throat> i don't think gargano's gonna win that you know against ricochet uh ricochet's gonna carry that for a while um but yeah it it just it's so good it's stirring the yeah. pot. And uh, I think it's just a, a really smart way to detour us from the inevitable Champa Gargano, you know, final, you know, Red Dead Redemption, you know, Arthur Morgan versus, you know, Dutch Vanderlei hey, showdown. Hey, spoiler. Spoiler. I don't want to know that they're enemies. To me, yeah. Arthur's just a little Man. confused right now. And he's, he's going <laughs> to come around and he's still going to get behind Dutch. And, and they're going to sail off into the sunset. Come on, and, Dutch. Uh, doc, doctor says I, I got tuberculosis. <laughs> That's my favorite. And uh, my wife has no sold every time I've done that as I make fun of Arthur and say he doesn't know how to say tuberculosis. <laughs> it's a hard word to say. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but she's no sold it every time. Okay. Just like, uh, I don't know, was that JoJo who called the heavy machinery match? Because she said... Tucker Knight and Otis Dozovic. Um, I challenge... I swear to God, didn't Morrow call him 
Dozovich since day one? Yeah. Um, I challenge the Brothers of Discussion audience to go back and watch NXT because I'm pretty sure Roderick Strong's first name changed to Robert today uh, as he was introduced <laughs> as Robert Strong. So, <laughs> Man, they were really mailing yeah. it in today. <laughs> Mauro Renal oh, fell asleep halfway through <laughs> Jackson Riker. Yeah, what the fuck I, happened to the whole commentary I table? I don't know. I mean, I'd fall asleep during that, too. I, I have no confidence in the Forbidden Sons. Uh, but. The Forbidden Sons. What did I say? Or the Forgotten Sons. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you already forgot. Yeah, I'm on. pulling an NXT right now. Um, well, you know that. Matt, we could gloss over the main roster, because this is a rough episode at NXT. <laughs> Well, yeah, the uh, the main roster stuff, uh, we just want to make sure we're not missing the important stuff. If you are coming to us for some news, we've got a brand new U.S. champion after Rusev Woo! took down Nakamura. Rusev, Rusev. Yeah, out of the holiday episodes of Raw and SmackDown, that was easily the hottest the crowd was. Um, I mean, you, you also have to keep in mind that the crowd had been watching a lot of wrestling that night. So it is... It is pretty tough to, to stay interested for six straight hours. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's what they got out of it was a hell of a match with uh, Rusev and Nakamura. And not, not not the greatest U.S. title match I think we've ever seen, but uh, it was I, – I enjoyed seeing what Nakamura could do. Um, I, I liked his new outfit. I thought it was pretty neat. And uh, Oh, it looks uh, – looks, uh, yeah, Eddie Murphy raw, I think, is what he's going yeah. for. Yeah. Well, I think he's always looked like Eddie Murphy with that red leather jacket. Um, Man, it looks hot as shit in that thing. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to have the locker next to Nakamura at the end of uh, those SmackDown shows. Jesus. And speaking of shirts, uh, how come Killian Dane? We don't get to see that cool hairy chest anymore. Now he's got an official shirt. I don't like that. Yeah, that thought keeps me up at night. Um also, speak- <gasps> Killian Dane's in a shirt now. Oh. <laughs> Speaking of Killian right. Dane, that uh, brings up Sanity, which is a tag team that everybody's forgotten about, or at least the writers have. Uh, how about... They were on real TV this week. I was going to say the Good Brothers. Um... <laughs> they were both on TV this yeah. week. Incredible. So that happened. Uh, the Good Brothers got to pin somebody, and that somebody was Cesaro. Uh, I... You know, the consequences of the match, who knows if they'll mean anything. Uh, but the Good Brothers, that's two straight weeks on SmackDown programming. Incredible. Uh, Matt, where do these guys come from? Where does where do the Good Brothers come from? Yes. Um, I mean, I don't know if you want a real answer, but I know where they're going is at least... To the back of the line. <laughs> I was going to say, at least at least sniffing the, the title. Uh, I, I, I give them... I give the WWE credit for that, where they're probably setting up the SmackDown roster for when they move the New Day, the Usos, or uh, the Bar back over to Raw, or the Good Brothers get moved over there, which I do think is a bad idea. But either way, uh, this seems to be the only division where they remember that you know let's not let's not just have two people at the top. Let's let's actually build a division here so we can have matches that matter even when it's not a title match um but i I, so that's where they're going they're going to legitimacy where they came from was uh what six months of nothing and before that it was new japan so (laughs) what's uh matt when is when are carl anderson and luke gallows gonna have matching ring attire 
know. That's a good question. I feel like if they ever go headfirst into like the Balor Club or have AJ and Finn host those two guys, you know that that yeah. that could be that could be their opportunity. Uh, I think that would be fun. And, and you know, if if AJ Styles is staying away from the WWE Championship or the Universal Championship, and we still don't trust Finn Balor enough to give him a title, let's do it. Let's get let's create a faction that can fight the New Day, you know, or fight Undisputed Era when they get called up. Let's let's have some fun. Um, that wasn't part of our main roster highlights. That's uh, we're getting into opinions here. But Mustafa Ali gets another win, as Mike put it, against a guy who's held gold and put in parentheses Andrade. Um, Mustafa Ali's getting a hell of a push right now, and is the guy he's feuding with is the WWE champion. We've already mentioned on this episode that you know what how we would feel about that championship match happening um i i think it's good i think it's good that they're you know acknowledging another you know this goes to my same point with the club let's let's legitimize some guys here let's uh give us some reason to to watch pro wrestling besides watching the same you know couple of guys get title shots um if there's any theme here it's that smackdown does it right yeah, um, Mustafa gets to, you know, prove that those guys at 205 Live know how to wrestle. Uh, and, uh, you know, the SmackDown writers, you know, realized, oh, yeah, Andrade, you know, he's really good in Lucha Underground, and he was our NXT champion. You know, let's maybe give him another TV match. So it's maybe it's all coming together for SmackDown. Maybe. Um, may, maybe. So moving over to Raw? Maybe. We're talking Revival? Yeah. Uh, losing their shot. I think that we have two strong candidates to add to the Lucha House Party. Mm. Jesus. Mm. No? I was kind of hoping that Uh, was one of the things Vince was talking about when he said changes were coming. I thought that would be the end of the Lucha House Party. Well, Matt, you uh, you know what else came to an end this week is the big push for the Revival. Yes, as I as I said match, just uh, moments ago, with the brand new Raw, <laughs> new matches, new champions. Yeah, and uh, revival already got squashed. It's already over. Nailed it. Boom. All right. Well, yeah, it goes uh, on the list. Do of... we do we spend a lot of time on this, or do we just you know right spend as much time as the writers do on revival? Well, for us, I think it's an opportunity to gloat because I think we both said that the new era uh, will be bullshit and so far it is um yeah i you know i at least the one thing that they were doing right and you know we're not fans of the nxt call-ups uh you know they were utilizing the talent they already had and this goes against that you immediately have them lose you give them no shot and the same thing happened for natalia i don't think natalia was on the top of my list of utilizing talent but uh it was kind of silly to give her one week and she's going down to Rousey, and yeah, that's it. Yep. And that that definitely was something they could have saved. I I think for pay per view. I I know it's not going to get people to watch, but there there isn't really anything else on that Raw roster that's going to do it. So if you're in that situation, ugh, I dropped something. Then you're in that situation. Um. But I think uh, most importantly, Mike, do you want to announce the, uh, the the maybe the best thing to come out of this uh, week, even though <laughs> it was done in the worst way possible? Um, 
I, I, I guess that uh, Santa Vince uh, <laughs> with brand new yeah. Raw, you know, brand new, we're going to save the show, make it Monday Night Raw again. Um, two big things. John Cena's coming back. Nothing like creating a new show with a new John Cena. Uh, but the, the real news I think you're alluding to is that the women, for the first time ever, are going to have a tag team championship belt. Woo! Wow. <laughs> Matt, is the roster big enough to even handle that? Uh, I don't... You want to figure out that you want to figure there's at least like you want to have three or four teams, you know, jockeying for a position, yeah. right? Uh, if you got like two or three people feuding with Ronda, uh, that does that mean the rest of the female roster is is gunning for the tag belts? I I think so. I I, I don't I can't think of an argument to say that this is a bad idea, because the only like. What we're looking at here is two matches on every pay-per-view or a match that no one cares about because they're not writing well. And sure, the solution is be better at writing and create, you know, create feuds that way. But I, I think one of the easier solutions is to just add some belts and, 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 you know, give some of these ladies who are doing nothing on the roster right now of relevance, like watching the riot squad and and bailey and sasha go at it every week i mean let's you know let's add some juice to it let's give them a reason to to be mad at each other and hate each other or or go a hundred percent or a hundred and ten percent in the ring um and plus i i think what we're doing here is talking belts across the main roster um which i i think would be easy to figure out um you know, or at least have enough ladies between both sides uh, to fill out a tag team division because you you don't need you don't need to say these are our tag teams and that's it. Like that's all they do now is tag team wrestling. Um, you just you know we'll have probably four teams at the start. Uh, you know, I mean maybe at the start there is a tournament. We start with eight teams, but uh, yeah. you know when you talk about having the division on TV. And having it compete on a week-to-week basis, and we're talking four tops, I would say. So here's the thing, Matt. Is the best use of that that those championships, do you have them brand exclusive, or do you have them float between the two uh, shows? I think right now you have to, but I could be wrong. Okay. Matt, we've made it to 40 minutes, uh, 40 minutes of complaining. Uh, and we did want to touch on just kind of a kind of a more fun, timeless uh, segment here, uh, where we're going to try and talk about the the championships and the people who held those belts over the year uh, twenty eighteen because we're we're about to hit the new year here, new year here in a few days. Um, so we're you know kind of talking before uh, talking before the show about you know putting two lists together basically. Um, as far as championship holders, people who elevated that belt yeah. by controlling it, by you know, uh, just by wearing it, it made you know the their matches more interesting. It made uh, whoever they're fighting you know more interesting. It 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 benefited all parties. It made the belt more worthy, and it made both of the people fighting for that belt, uh, you know, demonstrated value. 
I think that's the strong word here is value. Because what we also wanted to look at is over the course of the year, uh, people who you know devalued the belts by their their ownership of them, um, you know to the point where maybe the belt is is you know not even worth holding anymore, you know because it's it's just it's just bottomed out as, as far as value goes, and you know I'm looking at you raw tag team belts, right? Uh, but yeah, Matt. If you want to start, do you want to start with the the devaluing, and then we can kind of end on an upswing as far as people who you know elevated the value and you know made the made the WWE programming overall more enjoyable, more watchable, more competitive. Yeah, I th- I think that's the best route to go. And uh, what's funny is I think I'm looking at our two our two lists here, and uh, or at least I'm looking at my list, and I, I want to go with three, two, one, um, and <coughs> just kind of. Roll them off that way. I'm, I'm really hoping that our, our lists are exactly the same. Um, <laughs> yeah, who, Matt, who's your number three for devaluing, devaluing the belt? Devaluing the belt. I wanted to go a little controversial here on purpose, so I, I changed my list right before we started recording, Mike. Um, <gasps> but We can do that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I went back to the polls. Um, Mike, number three. All right, Florida. Go ahead. Brock Lesnar with the Universal Championship. Mm. Mike, is there anything that has mattered less than having a Brock Lesnar Championship match, and especially going into one? Like, think about the stakes of that main event title and how unlikely it is that Braun Strowman actually beats Brock Lesnar at the Royal Rumble. Um, I think... I think the level of that title adds to how much it's been devalued. So uh, it, it is that main roster title for Raw, and it's not on TV, and we already know like what's going to happen going one direction or the other. And, and I will say it hit a height of heights in the last few years in August, and seeing Brock Lesnar take that title back made it a crushing loss. Not the worst title on the main roster. I'll say that. But that Brock Lesnar winning the title back, that title reign right now has devalued it uh, at least third most, in my opinion. What's silly is that I I think that's a solid choice. Uh, I think what's silly is that I think it's more of an accomplishment right now to defeat Brock Lesnar than it is to win that belt. Yeah. Um. So I think in a weird way he's overshadowing the belt like he's more important and if that's the case he shouldn't hold it because it's it it's redundant like you can have you can create value through the you know the entire roster by having somebody you know treat Brock like the Undertaker is at Wrestlemania mm-hmm. um, and I'm fine with Lesnar beating most people because that's that's credible and believable right. look yeah. at him uh, but he just shouldn't also hold the belt because we've had to completely restructure what you know, uh, rules that have been around, you know, post Bruno San Martino, where if you don't defend the belt every 30 days, you lose it. Uh, you know, Brock defends it, you know, maybe once every couple months. Um, and he's barely on TV. It, it, you know, the belt is nothing. It's it there. Brock is the championship, not the championship. The championship is, is when it comes back, I think what's also going to happen is, yeah, it's great that somebody's holding it, but, you know, it's still going to be a, a show to defeat Brock Lesnar. So it's 
could potentially still be secondary when they're booking the cards that whoever Brock is fighting is the main event and the undercard can be the Universal Championship if they give it to somebody like Finn Balor. Like, that's how they're going to book it. They aren't going to book Brock under Finn. Yeah, and I, I, so it's, all that, it's a nightmare. Yeah, all of that adds up into why that's my number three. Your number three, Mike? Um, I couldn't, it took me a minute to look up Nicholas's name, but mine was for the Raw Tech Team titles, Braun and Child. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's great that we, you know, we want to get Braun over as another mega god, but, you know, they've undone a lot of that hard work with his, uh, relatively, uh, easy defeats to Brock Lesnar. So, for Braun plus a child to basically... Uh, bury the entire raw tag team division is 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 very telling about you know where what those belts actually mean where again just like what we you know we mentioned a moment ago with brock defeating him is a bigger accomplishment than winning the title defeating braun is a much bigger accomplishment than winning the raw tag team gold yeah and that, you know what that's my number two uh, so I'll just I'll jump on uh, I'll jump on the back of that one and uh, you know I, the problem for me here and you think about what the bar's been able to accomplish on SmackDown with uh, the Usos and the New Day and there we're focusing on tag team wrestling and we're we're saying like no this is a legitimate style and everybody's jumping on board you've got it trending you've got the the hardcore pro wrestling fans saying this is where tag team wrestling is it's on SmackDown. But then you, you go to WrestleMania, and I know you can't have every match be 45 minutes and have it be a five-star, you know, uh, Meltzer Jizz Fest. <laughs> but you can't bury the tag titles by having a kid win and at the same time bury another tag team that we still look at as a top tag team. Like, I, I, to, to me, I get, I get the problem um you know or, or the uh the, part of the the issue here being build up braun Strowman. um but there's a much better way to get him over than to have him run over you know the tag team champions and and it's just it just goes to that point that there's there's always a better way to do things and we preach here on brothers of discussion you know it's one of our hashtags that follows along is hashtag be better um but that's that's easily one of them for me but uh mike you want to hit uh you want to hit your number two? Oh man speaking of number two <laughs> the uh the bobby Roode u.s championship run um this guy's been totally mishandled like most nxt call-ups um treated like a baby face uh when he's cocky and arrogant he should there's no reason for him to never be a heel right um so if you you know have a have a, a poorly booked face that means the heel's also not going to get over like they should so when they beat beat a face who's not credible it makes the heel not credible so it it's definitely one of the building blocks to the u.s title being just a piece of garbage and I, um yeah i'm piggybacking on that one too that's actually my number one <laughs> only because i completely forgot it happened and this is the, he pretty much started the streak of horrible uh u.s champions and I, i'm gonna go out on a limb here mike and say that i'm not spoiling your top 10 list i know i'm not spoiling mine by going through the the u.s champions um of the year which is bobby Roode, <laughs> yep. followed by randy orton jinder mahal jeff hardy 
Shinsuke, and now Rusev. I have zero confidence that this U.S. championship run is going to do anything for Rusev, and I don't know if he has enough. Um, I mean, unless Lana's going to keep putting porn out on Instagram, I don't know if there's enough juice there from Rusev to make the U.S. championship relevant again. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's a who's who of guys that have been written poorly or incorrectly. And, uh, you know, I, you, you say Randy Orton probably had a good streak of matches there when he's ripping Jeff Hardy's ear out. But, um, you know, you also have to remember for him to be relevant, he had to rip Jeff Hardy's ear out. So <laughs> what do you got there? Um, but, Mike, uh, that, I mean, so that's that's my number one, Bobby Roode. Just and, and essentially, I'm crowning him as like starting this horrible year for the U.S. title. Uh, but what uh, what was your number one? Well, it's another. It's it's what I'm I'm worried. You know, could happen to heavy machinery. Um, it was another entry in the in the Raw Tag Team titles. Was the B Team. Um, and I'm a big mark for Bo Dallas. Yeah. Uh, I think he's hilarious. I think he's you know com- completely uh, mismanaged. Another another former NXT champion who's just you know been flushed down the toilet. Um, but you can't you can't just book these guys like garbage for like four years, and then you know give them a give them a championship run on a on a quirky tongue-in-cheek you know six-week win streak and then expect everybody in the, the the division to benefit from that like it never feels like it's a constant competition it it feels like um you know like you're 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 taking taking turns on the dance floor like uh kind of like a square dance yeah. and it's it just felt like it was their turn you know we pay these guys let's let them hold the belt for a week um <laughs> And they were just kind of I, a, a transition champion, you know, so AOP had somebody to smush. And I was rooting for them, which is the, the weird part. But uh, I think as we were rooting for them, we also were writing articles about, all right, well, this isn't going to last long. And, and when you go in, you're not going to be able to do much when all the fans are saying, oh, that'll be cute, but it won't last long. <laughs> yeah. Well, Matt, we got the toilet stuff out yeah, of the way. let's flush. I think we should look at the people who, uh, you know, with their championship matches, elevated the program, made us excited to do an episode of Brothers of Discussion, which this week has been a damn struggle. Oh, my God. How could they hurt our feelings with that awful NXT? Anyway, Matt, <laughs> you and I compiled uh, out of all the champions, uh, from the Universal Champion to the WWE Champion, U.S., Intercontinental, um... Uh, respectively, the Raw and Women's uh, Solo Champions, uh, Raw and SmackDown. Did I just say Raw and Women's? I meant Raw and SmackDown Women's Champions. Yeah. The Raw and SmackDown uh, Tag Team Champions, and we also looked at NXT and Two Hundred Five. Their Smack. Their. Yep. Um, you know their tag title holders. Their um, NXT champion. Their North American champions, and then the Cruiserweight champion of Two Hundred Five Live. And uh, we actually forgot another one. NXT UK um, officially has a women's and men's champion. So overall, we're trying to figure out oh, who. That's in know. there. I got him. Yep, Was everybody it? check your show notes there? right now. Mike, I highlighted in our show notes. Pete Dunn, Rhea Ripley Beautiful. are in there. Whoops, I spoiled okay. it. Um, 
Well, you know, they might not be in our top 10 list, but uh, they're on our list of champions. If you want to come to us to tell us what your top 10 champions are, go right ahead to the show notes. You'll find it on the website of bodpodcast.com. You'll find it uh, on, of course, the descriptions on iTunes and SoundCloud, Google Play, uh, where you can find Brothers of Discussion on all of our episodes, including the 58 that happened before this. Uh, but most importantly, for you to participate in your top champions of 2018, you just got to go to that list that we've created for you. Nice and easy to go to. Go ahead, create your top 10, send it on over to us, and uh, we'd love to start that conversation about what you thought. Now, for you to know what we thought, I'm going to jump in, Mike, to my number 10, if it's okay with you. Do it. My number 10, Mike, most important champions, or, or we're saying the, the who elevated their championship most in 2018 and part of this uh conversation is you know they are important to the roster uh they have elevated their title and um i i think what can't be forgotten is where it was before you know this person took the title um and 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 i think i'll jump into the conversation with that and where i also think the title will go and then number 10 is ronda rousey for me, Ronda Rousey Ooh. had to hit my top 10 list because I think it's very important what she's doing uh, with with this title and what it can mean uh, for WWE and their bottom dollar because her participation on the WWE is what helped get a, a billion-dollar contract uh, for the WWE and their programming. Um, but Ronda takes the title away from, uh, an, you know, someone that I thought would be great with the title, which was Nia Jax. If you go back and listen to the start of the year, I was I was picking her to be, you know, one of my Royal Rumble winners because I said, of course, Nia Jax will thrive. Since then, uh, she's turned into a, a, one of the top, you know, hated pro, uh, pro wrestlers on the roster and uh, really just a mess in the ring. Very clumsy. Uh, not a... Uh, a very fun move set to watch. So that's where Ronda came in, and to a, to an extent saved us from that. Uh, but you know, I, I go back to the most important thing to me is effort, and it's very obvious to me that she is improving. Uh, she puts on a great show in the ring, and if you're not respect respecting that effort yet, um, you know you're you're just you're you're blocking that from like you're not giving her an opportunity to impress you which is something we're all guilty of with video games and movies and books as we we come in with these notions or you know we want something to be good we want something to be bad and we kind of forget to be objective and um you know for me that her performance so far and this being her you know her first shot going into uh pro wrestling i i think she's done a pretty good job um but with that said, you put her at number ten. Yeah, I put her at number four. Yeah, spoiler. Uh, no, you put her at number five. But uh... <laughs> hold on, let me edit my list. <laughs> but I also see, uh, you know, the work that she's done, at least to take a beating uh, from some of the other ladies uh, on the main roster. And I'll just—I won't say their names, so it feels like I'm not spoiling anything. Um, you know, her work there at least is legitimizing uh, what her future feuds are going to be. So uh, I'm seeing what time it is, so I'm just going to go number 10, Ronda Rousey. Mike, what is your number 10, considering all of the champions, NXT and 205 Live, uh, tag champions and solo champions? Go ahead. 
My number 10 is the only tag team on my list. Woo! Um, on SmackDown, you know, we've had, you know, New Day Usos, you know, the bar, you know, kind of taking turns. Raw's just been a clusterfuck. Um, but NXT, they've given one team basically uh, the reign over that division, and deservedly so. Uh, they got incredible chemistry. They're, you know, we talked about them earlier in the show. Matt, it's Undisputed Era. Um, I don't know who else can really hold a candle to them right now. Um, I'm not a huge mark for War Machine. Or, uh, can't say that anymore. It's uh, War Raiders, sorry. Forgot. <laughs> That's their, uh, their indie name. Um, you know, the... You, you know, you can't really throw, like, Street Profits in there, Heavy Machinery, War Raiders. Um, this, this is the team that, that, you know, is ready for... You know, if you leave them on NXT, if you put them on Raw, you put them on SmackDown. This 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 belt is going to be a real when it finally changes hands. That is an accomplishment because uh, Undisputed Era is lost. They're not you know undefeatable, but that gold you know they they cling to it like death. Um, and those those two guys, if they're you know just doing a, a TV match, um, they put in an effort. When it's for the gold. Um, you can see it in their in their eyes and their body language and their move set um, and their double team maneuvers. These guys want those belts and they deserve. No, it's them. A, it's it's a fantastic pick because we talked about you know tra- having to sell too and and make your championship matches look uh, believable and they have to mean something. And undisputed era, like you said, clings to those titles so tightly. You know that this title means something. Like, that's what makes it mean something to you. Um, but then yeah. they also sell so fantastically that they build every other person that gets a shot at those titles even when they lose. So just overall, yeah. it's it's one of the best tag team performances. You know, if we had to do a top ten list of NXT tag champions, I don't know how they wouldn't be at the top of the list. Um, but, uh, Mike, do you want to hit your number nine and then I'll go nine, eight, and... We'll, we'll kind of bounce around like yeah that. we can we can snake through yeah uh, my number nine i put ricochet in there um, oh my god we've only had two <laughs> uh north american championship holders adam cole and ricochet yeah. um ricochet holding that belt i feel deviates it from the nxt championship like it's a it's a different kind of of match that you're getting yourself into when you're in there with ricochet like you have to be as athletic as humanly possible. You you have to be a ninja robot. <laughs> yeah. Um, giving the belt to Ricochet, you know, it, it it adds that extra, almost unfathomable level of, like, physical prowess that you need to have to win that belt. So that's something where the, you know, the champion kind of helps make the belt. Um, but those matches are that much more interesting because you have to beat, you know, maybe the greatest... Maybe one of the greatest in-ring athletes you know we've we've ever seen. So Ricochet clacked in at number nine for. Can I just as a to to kind of jump on top of Ricochet? Would the belt mean as much if Adam Cole didn't want it back so badly? Uh, I mean he hasn't really been making mention of it recently. I mean that's how we've gotten Ricochet. You know, fighting, you know, like Tyler Breeze doing like an open challenge. Yeah. Uh, I, I, you know, I, Adam Cole adds value to it too, but knowing what you're in store for, 
to win against Ricochet, I think, you know, helps explain to the viewer how difficult it is to become North American champion. You got to beat one of the greatest athletes we've ever seen. So I think he, you know, elevated that belt. He made it mean a little bit more. It's a secondary belt on the, not even the, not the primary, not the secondary show for WWE. It's a show you only get if you pay them money every month. So it's that far down the list, but being owned by Ricochet, it makes it that, that much more interesting. I'll go my number nine. Uh, sticks in the ladies' division. It is Charlotte. Um, oh. Now, what's funny is, uh, as badly as I wanted Becky Lynch to beat Charlotte, Charlotte does so much for that title. And uh, you know, you gotta you gotta keep in mind too her her victory. Uh, her victories were not only against uh, Becky and Carmella around the summertime and going into the fall. Uh, she also took down Asuka, and that was something where it, it became, uh, I guess that idea of that, that winning streak for Asuka was not going to be her endgame. Um, her, it, it just, it just kind of gave more importance to what Charlotte holding the title meant to the rest of the division, or at least what it means, uh, to the WWE. And they, they very highly, uh, value that, uh, that idea of her lineage and what it means to the fans and how she's an easy uh, draw for the hardcore fan and for, you know, the, the casual fan because they hear that name. You ask that question, is that, you know, Ric Flair's daughter? And you, you, you immediately get conversations going about uh, the WWE and, and women's wrestling. But uh, most importantly, there's no denying her talent. And even when she's not holding the belt and she's going against Becky Lynch, uh, those matches are fantastic. So what what's interesting is what they've built here in the women's division is, you know, my number 10 being Ronda Rousey, where I think she is has legitimized herself, even though she doesn't quite have anybody that she's really tested her herself against. Um, but, on, you know, on that SmackDown side, they're just... Uh, they're building a, a fantastic list where that triple threat at TLC of, of Becky, Asuka, and Charlotte, um, you know, you could have, any one of those ladies could have won and it would have been extremely believable, very interesting, and, and very fun. Um, but, you know, I, I want to see Mandy in those matches. I want to see Carmella get back in there. I want to see Naomi uh, get some more title shots. It's all... It's all working out, and I, you know, it all starts with Charlotte and the work she did at the beginning of the year, and then uh, continuing to to make that title interesting. Where we we made Charlotte a heel uh, because she's holding the belt again. Where anybody else could crack under the pressure, and she just made she she evolved her character and in, into something that you know we're seeing now is like this ruthless uh charlotte flair but all of, all of this is yeah. due to her talent and uh you know the trust that they give her with uh, because of her in-ring ability uh as well so all this wrapped together she's you know to me done so much for this business um you know we'll, we'll talk about some other ladies uh later on in both of our lists but for me charlotte had to be on this list uh, and it's tough for me to put her at nine but nine is where she sits um yeah I don't she's definitely the the trickle down uh you gotta ha she is the queen uh being in the ring with her because she's so obviously um you know got all the physical tools you know a lot of physical advantages that you know a lot of the broad like most women wrestlers ever don't have yeah. so um 
yeah, she made the title that much more important because you got to basically beat, you know, uh, the female Ric Flair. Uh, she's she's that she's that good. And if you're if you don't admit that, I I think you're lying to yourself, Matt. We got a number, number eight. eight. Is it's sort of honorary uh, because I I'll, I'll admit I'm not the the most consistent 205 Live uh, viewer, but it's uh, Buddy Murphy for me. Um, one match that when I, I try to make a list of my favorite matches of 2018, I keep going yeah. back to Super Showdown. That I can picture that. Like, yep. for some of these pay-per-views, I have to go back and go through the, the match cards and the results to remember what you know what was there, and then I have to go back and rewatch the match. But for this, I can picture everything and the crowd reaction on top of that, but it doesn't happen without Buddy Murphy. And to do the work of legitimizing the entire division, and, you know, Mustafa Ali is doing a fantastic job too right now in SmackDown, but I think the yeah. for it to be relevant was because of that match and, and Buddy Murphy getting the win. And, you know, y- y- you go back who's doing the work to make the title relevant um but also think about the need that buddy murphy had for that belt like not not a need that he for him to get over or for him to be relevant he needed a belt i mean for him he struggles and part of his character is i have to get under 205 so that i can fight for this title i don't know any other guy on the roster that has to fluctuate their weight to make sure that they can fight for a title Yep. Buddy has yep. defined, you know, I need this title because of that. And I, I, I that yep. just can't be ignored. He's he's my number eight. Mike, uh, who's your number eight? Matt, I don't we uh we share the same uh uh document for our notes. Matt, my number eight was Buddy Murphy. <laughs> no kidding. Um I'm trying to I'm trying <clears> not think to we've, break we've the fourth a, we've... wall here. I'm looking at Mike's list. I knew it was Buddy Murphy. Then you stole my answer, you son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, everything you said, um, as far as, you know, making not just a, a title match, you know, we get those every single month at pay-per-views, but something memorable. Um, part of that is he kind of got the cheat because he's fighting in Australia, but since then, he's he's been killing yeah. it. Um, he's, he's gotten more attention for 205 Live, and that's what you're supposed to do. You give the most interesting character, you know, it's it's a business so if you want people to watch you gotta you know give the gold to people deserving um you know it's something they haven't really applied at you know raw sometimes but uh they're doing it in 205 live right now so uh the program is better for him holding the gold and he's better for having it and everyone fighting him is is in a better position because they get to fight a credible champion matt at number seven i know it's quick but as far as as elevating the gold uh AJ Styles held the belt for a very long time. So my number seven pick is the guy who finally hit him in the nuts correctly, and that's <laughs> Daniel Bryan. So, you know, uh, we're used to Daniel Bryan as the babyface. We're used to him, you know, uh, being the underdog. Um, and what he's doing now is maybe some of the best heel work in the entire company. Um, you know, cutting promos that I think are up there with, with Champa is just as far as being just a hateable bastard. Um, and it seems like it would be a pretty tall task to ask of him after, you know, the reaction he's had, after the life he's had, how we rooted for Brian Danielson, the man, to, you know, be healthy enough to compete, um, to turn all that around and make, you know, matches with him 
you know, you kind of grind your teeth because you want to see this smug, uh, uh, pontificating, you know, vegan. You want them to shut them up, and you want the best wrestlers on the planet to do it. So, uh, you know, if you want to give the belt to somebody who's not AJ Styles, you know, you give it to the, you know, maybe the second best wrestler on the planet, and that's Daniel Bryan. So he clocks in at number seven for me. Well, my uh, number seven is going to be uh, Alexa Bliss. And it, it, there's just, there's so many, for her title runs and for her run in the, on the main roster, I really feel like she's found this new type of, of character that, that I, I felt was immediately copied on SmackDown, um, and for good reason, by uh, Carmella. But it, it's, it's this, you know, you've got the little brat, but she's got just enough talent to get over you know she'll she'll cheat any way to keep the title but she's also you know very athletic uh but for alexa i I don't know if you remember but we all thought she was doomed going back to the elimination chamber before wrestlemania and good gravy if you remember that promo she delivered at the end where it sounded like she was going to turn face and she was going to thank us all for supporting her I feel like a lot of people have forgotten that that happened. And, and, and the reason we were so behind on that promo and we were so excited was because we, we didn't want her to lose the title yet. And she didn't. She held on to it. She made it through. Then she delivers that amazing promo where you got to remember, this is a person who just went through a hell of a match in that elimination chamber. And not for a second does she skip a beat. We were all hanging on yep. the edge of our seats waiting for her to turn face. And then she told us to all go fuck off. It was great. Yeah. And, you know, going forward, then she wins the money in the bank. And the reason she did that, um, or she was, you know, the WWE picks her, is because she does such a great job as the champion. And when you've got a roster that, you know, is being misused in regards to, you know, why why isn't Sasha Banks or Bayley getting their, their opportunities, or why are they doing such a horrible job writing those two characters, um... You know, this is this is where all the right happens. This is where Alexa is still getting poorly written promos handed to her, but she's got such a great way of selling either her promos or her matches that it just works. It just it all yep. works. It all falls into place. And for me, Alexa is, is an easy. You know, she has to be on this list, uh, and she's it's almost a, a crime to put her at number seven. But there's so many great superstars, uh, including. Unless you want to touch on Alexa. Uh, she did not crack my list. Uh, but for me, I mean, so... <laughs> well, you could still say, Matt, you nailed it. Um, but my number six, then, is uh, the man who was defeated by your number seven, if anybody's keeping track, Daniel Bryan. Uh, that would be AJ Styles. And, uh, you know, it's tough to put AJ at number six because he he is still one of the best performers uh in the world right now uh it's really tough to argue any other way for aj in his career uh and and every feud he had i just you know the shinsuke one got kind of silly at the end i think they ran out of ideas and they also didn't have any you know like who are we going to build up this quickly to have aj fight and that's partly mismanagement of a guy like rusev who easily could have had a two or three month run at the title um but even still i mean you had to turn a a shitty nut punching uh feud (laughs) 
and it still for me was was fun to write about it was fun to watch uh wasn't the best feud i think the best feud of the year was aj styles and samoa joe um you know we're all gonna wendy yeah, exactly wendy wendy's become a name yeah. we're all gonna rattle off just the same as dc comic book fans uh movie fans will yell martha it, it's it's yep. gonna become uh a, a, just a memorable uh promo and feud and just a, a name we'll throw off just for funsies uh yeah I, I you gotta give aj all the props in the world for his athleticism his move set and it's always changing it's always fresh and it's 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 awesome uh but then those feuds were, were fun too including aj styles and daniel bryan where it started off friendly and and heated up uh, quite a bit at the end there and and now we see a new, a new aj uh doesn't doesn't necessarily fit into this list where he knocks out vince mcmahon but um you know, we just we get good work from AJ, even with him being a weak performer on the mic, and that the fact that he's still interesting with that being a weakness is Mike. It's uh, it's phenomenal. Uh, but you're number six. Ooh, man, that should be a tagline for AJ Styles, Matt. Uh, <laughs> NXT UK uh, had to come in ice cold. And try to catch up to shows like Raw and SmackDown that have been around for, you know, 25 yeah. years. Uh, NXT's been around, you know, about about eight years. We have NXT UK. They're coming in ice cold. they got to build a whole roster. they got to try and make you care about everybody. Um, they're also force-feeding you two episodes a week, trying to get you to binge-watch it. Um, they're trying to get you to binge-watch brand-new characters you've never heard of before. Uh, one man was asked to be the standard bearer and that man is pete dunn um i think that you know in the casting of nxt uk they have a fairly eclectic group um you know you got you got your oddballs like eddie dennis you got your dave mastiffs you got um you know the coffee brothers you got mustache mountain um but i don't i don't know if any of those guys are as diverse athletically as pete dunn um, where, you know, some wrestlers will focus on ankles, some will focus on your back. Uh, Pete Dunn is, to my memory, the only wrestler I could think of who focuses on breaking all your fingers. Uh, he, <laughs> and in a weird way, he's, he's raised the value of the NXT UK championship, even though he's been biting it like a, like a dog. Yeah. Um, his matches, you know, make that show, um, a little bit more uh fan friendly because you have you have a you have a great great name uh, uh a guy who puts on great uh hard-working stiff matches in the bruiser way pete dunn he's my number six entry and matt just for time's sake i'm gonna jump right into five. Oh yeah um that's gonna be becky lynch oh, Jesus. yeah is that a weird entry yes yeah but i think I think we I all know what your there, number four is. My number four is Ronda Rousey. All right. Now, <laughs> Becky is. She hasn't really been given a lot of uh, uh, title opportunities, but it feels like this build-up to you know, like Survivor Series. My God, we we're interested in Survivor Series. I, 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 I couldn't tell you the last time we were really like, you know 
drumming our fingers on the on the table with anticipation. I think Becky Lynch does that. Um, Becky Lynch helped make Evolution uh, get sold. Uh, she she the the idea of her winning at SummerSlam made it more interesting. So having her name around the title and giving her the title. Um, even though it wasn't as long-lived as we'd like, but that's because the chase is more interesting than the, the final achievement. Her being involved with the belt again instead of, you know, in the on the peripheral or in the back seat, you know, that's a good idea. That's something that helps that SmackDown women's title. It also helps the Raw women's title, as we're learning with Ronda. Um, my number four, I'm going to, you know, kind of put those together just because, yeah. you know, I kind of gave it away earlier, but... Um, Rhonda is, is, she could be close to getting to that, that realm we don't want to be in, where it's more of a, a, an accomplishment to defeat the superstar rather than winning the belt, but because she's so vehemently involved with weekly TV programming, uh, we mm -hmm. can see how much time and work she's put in, you know, to be a face of the franchise, yeah. that belt is a big deal, and uh, if... If she loses it at some point, you know, it, it's supposed to be when, but she's done such a great job. It's hard to see somebody more deserving, you know, being the, the female face of Raw or SmackDown if she if she gets moved over. Um, bravo to her. I think you and I, you know, color us skeptical when they gave it to her. We felt a little early, but she's just been hitting home runs in the ring. Uh, her promos could be better, but, I mean, they're already pretty good for somebody who's not been doing this for very long so uh five and four that's uh becky and ronda for me um well yeah okay let me see what i gotta do here uh seth rollins is my number five i i, I think Woo! this guy could have easily been number one because he's essentially got to take a title that uh we care about but i mean in the grand scheme we don't, we don't have to care about it's just the ic title so his his internet uh his intercontinental title run was turned into a main roster uh basically the the main title on Raw one because it had to but two because Seth was doing such a great job with it. And you talk about the pushes that uh, Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler uh, were getting most you know more importantly to put Drew McIntyre in the realm of uh, uh, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. But then Seth Rollins just kind of had this job to to build them up and, and still hold on to the title and still make it relevant and still defend it on Raw and and he's making it you know the main event matches of pay per views and all the while there's so many other titles that really could have been taking over but you know this this is still we have to look at this as what what is each superstar being asked to do and Seth Rollins is being asked to take this title. And, and make it relevant and, and relevant to being, uh, you know, more so than or, or, or at the same level as the Universal Championship. And there's a lot of effort that has to go into doing that. Um, but we got to keep rolling here. So I'm going to say, you know, Seth Rollins is an obvious pick. Number four for me is Shayna Baszler. Mike, there's no reason Ooh. Shayna should be any higher than four. Don't you agree? Shayna, <laughs> go ahead, Matt. Shayna's good. She's not fantastic in the ring. She's been very blessed by having this amazing booking surrounded by her, uh, and of course the anticipation and excitement of the four horse women. 
Uh, Shayna, though, for me, is number four because of the great effort she's put in uh, to be better. Hashtag be better. And uh, I, I love the high effort. I love the improvements. That's what I want to see from all of my superstars. Um, I, I just, for me, Shayna, she's, she's doing such a fantastic job. I just still look at her skill level, which is what holds her back. But she's done such an amazing job with the title. That's where she goes over Seth Rollins. She goes over AJ Styles. But I'm going to have some fun with 3, 2, and 1. But, uh, Mike, I'm going to throw it back to you. I, I want to hear let, – let's hear your 3 and 2. I'll do my 3 and 2, and then we'll both – then we'll go with our number one picks. Matt, number three is going to be the phenomenal AJ Styles. All right? Nobody else could have held up that SmackDown WWE <laughs> World's the SmackDown Women's Champion. Secondary show championship like AJ Styles. <laughs> The thing is, uh, you know, we're basically only defending one world's championship at every pay-per-view. We had to change the way pay-per-views are designed because of how good this guy is and what a bum Brock Lesnar is. Uh, you know, where we used to take turns and have brand-exclusive pay-per-views, but it doesn't work if you don't have a goddamn championship match. AJ Styles changed the rules uh, for that. Uh, every single... I don't think I've ever, ever seen him do a bad match. Ever. I think he could have a good match with me, and I've never taken a bump before. <laughs> yeah, he had good um, matches with Ellsworth. That's true. Um, he's just an amazing in-ring storyteller, and it's it's not just giving him an award. It's, you know, the belt means more because it's being defended by somebody we see on TV being the best every week. So kind of in the way that, you know, uh, Ricochet has helped with that North American Championship, I think AJ Styles knowing what a what a incredible you know physical performance you have to put on to defeat the best in the world that elevates that belt um and my number two is Tommaso Ciampa we we had a we had a run of a few NXT championship holders like uh because I don't think Samoa Joe's run was super long uh Bobby Roode um Andrade you know, we had Aleister Black. I, I don't think any of those guys, like, they were deserving of the belt because they were the most interesting characters at the time or they at least got booked, you know, that way. Um, they could all go. They all had pretty good, you know, NXT promos, stuff like that. But, you know, we've seen it time and time again with, with Champa elevating Oz, Otis Dozovich. Uh, you know, just... Yeah. Every, every week, he... Yeah, Dizanovic. COVID. Uh, you know, whatever. Yeah, Dijakovic. You yeah, know, we're, we're just changing it tomato, up every, every pronunciation here. Yeah. Um, you know, after after a string of a, a couple guys who were, you know, deserving but not quite, like, the, the money money superstar. This guy has been the money superstar. Like, there's, there's no question that, you know, he should be at the top of every card that he performs in because... He's just taken it to another level. Um, you know, he gave Velveteen Dream, you know, the best match of his career uh, when they got to go one-on-one. -on -one. You know, his his bouts with uh, Gargano are some of the best ever. Um, you know, fighting Aleister Black, uh, you know, another, you know, just great storyline. It's, 
it's the kind of monster that Brock could be if he if he felt like showing up every week. So, you know, Champa being, you know, uh, you know, my apologies to uh, Gable and Jason Jordan, he's ready, willing, and able every single week to either cut the best promo, you know, as as an evil bastard, um, and make that make that gold. It feels like if you defeat him, you've triumphed over evil. So it's 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 a it's a symbolic victory to find whoever finally undoes Champa's reign. That's a real accomplishment. So the belt is elevated by having a, a real uh, maestro with the microphone, and it's somebody who can actually go in the ring. And every single match he's put on in the last you know since his injury, since he returned from injury, it's just been an A plus. So he's my number two. Well, I'll go uh, jumping backwards to number three. So this is getting real confusing, I just realized, for the listeners, these last five picks here. Um, number three for me is the big dog, Ua, Roman Reigns, and his Universal Ooh-ah. Championship run this year. Wow, wow, Mike, that was huge because we all needed it so bad. And we actually got a glimpse of what his title run could have been. Like, what would it mean to have Universal Champion on raw every week and he started it off fantastic the first week was defending against finn balor and uh you know i i I really felt like this could have been huge and we had it taken away and it it was just we were gonna see like what does it feel like to have that title again and you could have had seth rollins having feuds um you know with his intercontinental title that could help boost other characters and he's not just forced to have the most interesting, you know, uh, title bouts. He, the, the Intercontinental title could have actually worked to do something. So for that Universal Championship and Roman Reigns' participation, it was just, it was going to mean so much to that brand. And it, it, it's something where we look at the ratings for Raw now and how criminally uh, low they are. It just wasn't going to happen if, if everything stayed the same and if Roman was still here. Um, I mean, he's still here with us. I just mean on the WWE um active yeah Yeah. it's just it it was devastating uh from a human perspective um but you know when we look at the character of roman reigns and how we melt we kind of mix this with who he is as a person and who he is as a person is a guy who loves this business guy who's going to be there uh you know every monday he's going to be at every live event and he's going to defend that title that was just going to mean so much uh but that's why he's my number three my number two mike just like you, picking the greatest sports entertainer of all time, Tommaso Ciampa. I just, if you go back and watch him beat Aleister Black uh, because of Johnny Gargano, you don't get it all the time. Like, the fans just, no! Like, just the scream of, you know, like, almost terror. Like, but what if he does become the NXT champion? Um, yeah. It's just there's so much emotion added to him being champion than I think we've ever seen. Uh, I just I want to give him that much credit. I, I yeah. you know, besides the days where we all thought pro wrestling was real, uh, you know, now that now that we know that it's, you know, it's pro wrestling um, and it's all scripted. How, hey, speak great, for yourself. how great of a job is he doing that we go in knowing that and we're still like, no! And I yeah. think now, you know, now he's at that point where we all just respect the, 
the hell out of him, and we we just want to cheer for him and his fantastic performances. But um, you know, when you get to that level, you deserve to be in the top two. I think uh, a lot of wrestling chants are just kind of learned, um, you know, and repeated. But I think Champa really had an organic following of just hatred, um, you know, because he was such a, a bastard. So you know, you can't you can't make that up. You know, those crowds really gobbled it up, and they wanted this monster to finally get felled, and he he still hasn't. Um, he kind of gets the respect applause now. Yeah, you know, like when uh, Jericho or The Rock was a heel, but he's doing incredible work. He really is just just kicking ass and doing such a great job with his uh, with his career right now. Fuck you, Champa. And yep, Matt, my uh, my number one. Um, and it's honestly because uh, I I know Asuka had it for a while. I know Ember Moon had it for a while, but this I feel like the NXT Women's Title is now synonymous with Shayna Baszler. She's my number one pick. Um, no, she has not had, um, you know, perfect, perfect matches. But I feel like all the TakeOver events that she's competed in, um, most of the time, you know, with, with Kyrie Sane, um, those matches have had a, a real element of danger in them. Where I, the spot she does where she stomps on your arm and twists it, uh, you know, something she's done to Ember. She did it to um, Kyrie uh, a couple times. She owns. She she owns that belt, and I I don't know if there is a standard bearer. Like whoever comes next has really big shoes to fill because, like we've had pretty good men's champions before. Yeah. But I don't think we've ever had you know like a uh, a female champion like this. Who feels like they could just, you know, pound the crap out of, you know, most of the women and a majority of the men. Uh, so I feel like that, giving it to somebody like that, booking them the way they are, um, it's kind of in the same vein as Champa, where it's, you know, it really is just a despicable person, you know, holding on to that gold. Um, so if, if anybody ever vanquishes that, you know, that monster, they're, that in itself is going to get them over. So you will have won something that, you know, somebody who's who's taken legitimate, uh, you know, legitimate tactics to win most of her matches. She hasn't she hasn't had a lot of shenanigans. They've tried to introduce uh, uh, Marina Schaefer and Jessamine Duke uh, very recently, but most of that has just been Shayna on her own, um, with intimidation um, and with real looking offense. Yeah. Um, she's not afraid to sell for somebody who is you know, fifty pounds her junior. Um, and her matches are competitive. It, it never feels like, you know, they're too long or too short. It, it feels like she's telling really good stories in the ring. Um, you know, Ronda's had a heck of a year for the women. Um, I know you put Charlotte on your list. You know, Becky got, you know, all the print for her bloody nose. But Shayna has, she has been, for me, she's, she's been the best. She's had a hell of a year. She's gotten an A plus for me. Um, and I think that, you know, when she does get the call up, she's finally somebody who could, you know, dethrone Ronda Rousey. Well, I'll go back. My number one, 
you know, goes back to a name you just mentioned. She was your number five is, is Becky Lynch. And the reason that pick is so easy for me is because of what, like, everything she's done is going to mean so much for 2019. And immediately, we were all trying to figure out how is she going to get to fight Ronda Rousey, which is where we want to see her hold her next title is at WrestleMania. So she's got to win the Rumble. But it, it's just all of these things where she wins the title, and it, it's just, you know, now she's actually main eventing pay-per-views. Like, that's to me, like, that to me shows how important her title run is compared to all the rest of these title runs because AJ Styles still struggled to get main events. You know, if Brock Lesnar's there, he's the main event. But we all hate his fucking guts. But Becky Lynch took... I mean, we've seen it before. We've seen the women main event. But this was something where it didn't feel honorary. It was, no, this is the hottest thing in pro wrestling right now you have got like even a a becky lynch versus oscar versus charlotte where becky's still recovering from an injury so you could see that she wasn't a hundred percent that's how you would treat stone cold steve austin sure he's gonna go out there and not give you know the best match you've ever seen but you just want to see stone cold steve austin go out there and fight for the title that to me just put her it put becky on a whole another level where i I, i'll just it's uh, you you know you can give your rebuttal but for Shayna, i feel like she needed to be like for her to be where she's at she needed to win the title and she has had a great title run and i put her at number four on my list but becky like they had to give her the title like it was like oh no she's she's too hot we can't go another week without her holding the title and I, I just think that 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 goes along the storyline of of you know this her making these changes for uh for for women's wrestling uh, for having one of the hottest moments on Monday Night Raw in years and of course building this up into what will probably be uh, the main event match at WrestleMania of becky lynch and ronda rousey and it's all it's all due to this this championship run and this championship feud with charlotte and and what came out of uh evolution in this fall and uh to me that's that's why she had to be number one there's just too many things that fell into place because becky lynch won the title making this for me uh the number one title run of 2018 well, uh, I don't think either of our top tens had any wrong answers. Um, obviously, Raw had a lot of wrong answers with their tag team holders. But, right. uh, yeah, so just to run through it again, uh, my top three, Shayna ran away with it for me. Champa, number two, and number three had the phenomenal AJ Styles. And uh, mine being Becky Lynch, Tommaso Champa again, and Roman Reigns getting that victory and taking the title away from Brock Lesnar. What could have been? I well, think that's it, man. Mike. That's that's an hour and forty minutes. We're probably gonna have to break this up into two episodes. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we don't have to record next week. <laughs> no, we'll be back again. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, everybody, that was our uh, our very first top ten list. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh, the 2018 title holders, top ten 2018 title holders. Um, if you want to see more from the Brothers of Discussion, go to bodpodcast.com. Of course, 
rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and find us at BOD Podcast for all of our social media stylings. I'm Matt. I'm Mike. And this has been episode 59 of the Brothers of Discussion. We're coming.